All right. <clears throat> Hello, sister. Okay. Uh, episode five of uh, You Will Totally Love This coming down in three, two, one. Welcome to uh, episode five of You Would Totally Love This, which is now virtual. It's weird because I'm seeing myself and you. Hello, I'm Trevor. I'm Nell. Hello, Nell. Um, we are on separate coasts, so we're zooming it up, and it's strange. I'm not going to lie. It is. And sad. Yeah. It's a sad state of affairs. It is. It is. It's much more fun to do it in person. You got rapport and anyway, we are we are here to discuss uh, Parks and Recreation, um, which is a show that I love. The podcast is about sharing the things you love with the people you love, and, and hoping you get that that validation, that that interest, that equal interest on their part. Parks and Rec, I've been selling to you for years, never quite many got years. into it, many years. So now we're going um, episode by episode to see if you get hooked. Although I feel it's when you get hooked. Oh, interesting. Okay. I feel. You have confidence. I do have confidence. I do have confidence. We'll get into episode five. I'm a hard nut, I realize, especially watching this episode, because it's the style of comedy is not my style of comedy. Hmm. And there are moments in each episode where it drops into the kind of comedy that I like. But then it drops back out. And this episode, I felt, really was very heavy in the kind of comedy that I don't like. Oh, interesting. Which is, which is very kind of SNL broad. Hmm. And I, trust me, I, I mean, I love a moment of SNL here and there. Sure. But like to sustain me through arcs of characters, I felt like this episode was much broader than others. Yeah, that makes like sense. It was really leaning into that kind of... Um, everything's going to go wrong and like yeah. people saying stupid stuff, you know. And they had a couple like jokes that kept on recurring jokes that kept on coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, you know, yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, it's, it's interesting, again, rewatching. I have, and I've said this before, I have this love of the show that I think is based on seasons two through the end. Right. And I remember, and I remember you and actually, um, Shannon also saying like season two is where it really, Oh, it just, yeah. It's going. And I can see, I can see that because I can see them planting seeds, especially yep. when it comes to, I forget everybody's names. Um, <laughs> who's the, the, the dude who comes back to the banquet at the end. Oh, Mark. Yeah. Mark, like Brandon I can Lewis. see them planting. He, he's starting to become a much more multi dimensional character yeah. so I can see him planting the seeds and that's the stuff I love I'm like oh why did he come back you know, yeah. he, he's not interested in these women at the bar he finds them boring he's, he misses the camaraderie and like the funniness of um, Anne um, and Leslie yeah exactly yeah. especially Leslie I think yeah. and um, and he thinks also Anne um, right. yeah and that, that his he surprisingly because he actually before this hasn't really, you know, I, I wasn't that interested in him, but he was sure. the most interesting part. I thought of this, this particular episode. It def- I mean, we'll get into the plot. He definitely seemed to be the focus of 
the episode to a degree in terms of the character development. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, yeah. So the episode is called The Banquet. Um, the plot is that Leslie's mom, who also works in city government, is getting an award. There's going to be a banquet in her honor. Um, so Leslie wants to go and network and use it to, to push her park project forward. Um, so she gets a haircut at a barber shop, which um, we find out later is a barber shop for men. So her haircut looks very mannish. Um, which becomes long hair again at the end. Yes, they've just tucked in at the end and then it pops out and and, okay. Um, And then Anne is also coming to this. She gets invited and she's excited because she hasn't been out in a long time because her boyfriend has two broken legs. Um, And so Anne gets all dressed up but of course she overdresses because Leslie is super excited and then of course because Leslie has the mannish haircut, everyone assumes that they are a couple. Um, Which again, the mannish haircut is kind of a recurring joke throughout which – I don't know. It, it was that, that in, a, in a funny way, although actually those moments were some of my favorite jokes um, in the way that they were delivered. It also it did feel a little bit dated. Yeah, you know what I mean. It did. You could feel the time, and in a nice way, I was like, "Oh, that's so nice." That it is obviously in certain areas of the of the world. Obviously, yeah. um, that would still be a thing, but. In a political setting like that, I don't, I don't think it would be as much now yeah. uh, of a surprise, um, and that's nice. Nice to it see some, a little bit of progress. It is, and I don't know if it would be if if Anne's um, protesting of no, we're not a couple would be as vehement in today's right. day and age. Which again, this show is—it's not that long ago. This is what ten years ago that this show came. This episode came out. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, you know, we also have been watching, you know, old friends episodes and, and mad about you. And, and there are some jokes where I go, Oh, you can't tell that now. That's that's, um, and they're also white. It's, Oh my, it's, I mean, it did not register watching them white privilege, but now I watch them and go, there's literally not a person of color anywhere to be found in New York city. Right. In the middle of Manhattan. <laughs> sure. In a coffee shop. Okay. Again, not that long ago, which is a little sad, but also, you know, making strides. Um, Anyway, back to Parks and Rec. So um, Leslie sees that one of the people at the banquet is the uh, Janine Restrepo, who's on the zoning board and Leslie feels can really help push the project forward. So Leslie goes to her mom and says, hey, Janine Restrepo's here. Mom says, "Okay, they get together. We're going to figure out how to do it. And eventually it gets to the point where Leslie introduces herself, Janine Restrepo says, yeah, call my secretary. We'll set up an appointment. Leslie's all excited. Her mom says, oh, no, she's blowing you off. And her mom says, you know what you should do is bring up the fact that her husband was busted for a DUI last week in Illinois. A little bribe. Right. Now, of course, she doesn't say bribe. And so Leslie doesn't – it's her mom. She doesn't think of it as a bribe. And and Anne says um, that's kind of bribery. And Leslie's like, no, it's politics. She goes – she bribes in an incredibly awkward way. She gets a glass of water in her face, apologizes profusely, um, and then leaves. And then uh, Tom and Mark, meanwhile, go to the bar together because Tom wants Mark to be his wingman. That they meet up. That it was, yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it, he, he's a funny character. I, I kind of like how just weird he is. Um, yeah. But it was it. It made him me like him better to see how awkward he was at the bar. It, it explained right. him a lot more. To me. It did. It shows. He's not just a douche. He's like just a very awkward human. who's right. Trying to be douche. 
douche. He's trying to be so cool, and in trying to be so cool, he's being just really douchey and awkward. And so it did give a little dimension, but it also. I feel, I mean, again, my memory of Tom, he is kind of like that throughout, but you see him change even more in future episodes, um, which is interesting to see. But Mark, who has been sold as this kind of player who gets around with everybody, he gets very bored with these two girls that they're speaking with, these two real estate agents. Um, So he leaves, he goes back to the banquet uh, because he was having fun with Leslie and Anne. We're not really sure which one he was looking for when he went back. Um, but, and then meanwhile, Anne had gone back home. Leslie goes to Anne's house to apologize and they end up hanging out together. Um, and the show opens and closes with the nickname that Ron Swanson bestowed upon Leslie's mother, which is bleeped, but I searched for it and I was actually surprised. This is according to IMDB. I have not actually gotten a second source to verify it, but the, (laughs) the uh, kids, um, Hands on your ears. The nickname is Marlene Griggs Nope, the Iron Cock Shredder of Pawnee. Oh, interesting. And I'll be honest, I read that and I thought, did you really have to believe that? I guess you did on network television. Well, but yeah, you would. And it was on, on... For sure, but it but the amount of bleeps <laughs> led me to believe there were F and S and, uh, you know, the seven deadly words. And so I saw that and I thought, oh, that... that wasn't as yeah, definitely not as bad as I, I thought. Right, I had definitely involved other c words. Of course, absolutely. Again, the bleeps would leave you to believe that it's filled with words you should not say in any kind of TV show that goes on network. Yeah. But yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Well, of course, Ron Swanson came up with it as an insult. Leslie looks at it as right. a badge of and honor, ever, and and the look on her face is priceless way. at the end when she's saying it. I, I, she's so good at that. Um, so anyways, so that is the plot. And as you said, Mark was really the only one that you see get developed as a character. Yeah, the only other thing that, that and it was good that it was at the end, was the friendship between Anne and Leslie yeah. is really sweet at the end, in a real way, not in just a funny way. Um, and the fact that they actually have a little fight and then apologize. It, it, it was a very realistic moment in a friendship um, and that and that was good. Like I, you know, I ended the episode being like, "Oh, these are real people. I like them." And it also showed the, for the first. I feel like it's the first time in the series that you see Leslie being aware of situations around her when she's calling out Anne for being a crutch right. to yeah. Andy, and you're like, "Oh, you know, this person who sees with just." rose-colored glasses and everything is wonderful and amazing and she totally picked up that Anne is absolutely serving as a crutch to this guy who you know while sweet and and you know funny is kind of also using her you would think and it was just interesting to see Leslie pick up on that and also say it out loud and I like I like Leslie best when she is not totally dumb when she's awkward when she comes on too strong when she but she's not totally dumb and so in the episode like when she was on the stage or practicing for her speech or giving the speech that stuff just doesn't do it for me because first of all i hate people being embarrassed as right. too. Of course, but also it's like i just don't believe that she's that right dumb. like it's funnier to me if it would be funnier to me if that speech she mentions what's the one's name janine, janine restrepo restrepo if she mentions her in an awkward way but it's 
kind of a subtly awkward way. To me, that would be funnier. Yeah. Where people kind of like, wait, why is she talking about Jimmy? Right. Whereas the way that they did it was just so over the top. Right. She and I was like, it. that's just not. Nobody would. That's that's just dumb. And suddenly she went back to the Leslie from the first and second episodes, which I was like, oh, but she's not that. She's actually smarter than that. Yeah. Um, and I also wasn't quite sure the, the the switcheroo with her mom didn't quite. I was like, what's going on there with her mom? Because her mom used to be so brutal. And then suddenly her mom also was coming across as kind of stupid. Um, it, like giving her just bad advice, right. you know. Um, I mean, they definitely overplayed the, um, just the win at all costs mentality of her mom. To right. a degree. I felt like they could have made her mom actually more brutal or something. You know, like not, not, not in a stupid way, but where she's giving her advice, but Leslie can never be that conniving. Right. You know? Um, and so Leslie does it in a different way and that's funny, but instead her mom, yeah, I just didn't quite get what they were doing. I'm sure that that will develop, but, um, well, it actually watching it. I, it, I think again, we'll, we'll find out when we watch more, but I think that might be the first and only time that Leslie mentions her dad. And oh, so I came away thinking I would be fascinated. Obviously Leslie gets her tenacity from her mom. But it's modified by this heart of I don't want to destroy people's lives. Like I want to get what I need and what I want, but I'm going to do it in a way that doesn't you know ruin these people. Whereas her mom is just like, no, I'm getting it any way possible. So I'm assuming maybe they were thinking at some point they would do more with her memory of her dad. Of you know, her dad was like, forget what did she say about her dad? She said her dad was um, in Florida um, in uh, a grave. In the cemetery. In the cemetery. Yeah. Um, but we really, and I think she said like he was happy, something effective, like he, I kept, he was happy, his life, and, and you know, and so it just, it, it made me think like, oh, I'd be really interested to know what that dynamic was like between her parents. And like, were they, I mean, if he's in Florida, you'd assume maybe there's a divorce, but it was, it was just interesting to see, to get a sense of these two people that Leslie became, comes from, of... <laughs> The just hard nose. I'm going to get what I want any way possible from her mom, but then tempered by the, but I'm going to do it nicely from her dad. Mm-hmm. But again, we don't know her dad. And I mean, in a subtle way, um, you could see, you uh, the show just showed the show showed, showed, showed. Um, how her mom is amongst mostly men there's only a, sure. another one other woman or and that was the wife of no you're right that was the one who slept her way to the top of the DMV <laughs> right yeah and they're just she's like you know that's a a table of horrible people right and that you get where she is she kind of had to be horrible um yeah uh, and that I liked I liked the I liked seeing the broader Pawnee world there um, and just how old school and gross it was yeah. to give a little bit more context. Yeah. I just wish that the, I wish the humor had been more my kind of humor. <laughs> it's a little, a little subtler, but I did love the grabbing of noses when they were that was funny. fun at the table. That was, that was really cute. Yeah. That was really cute. Um, so um, a few notes about the uh, show. Oh, um, the episode aired on May 8th, 2009. 
Um, it was watched by 4.64 million households, continuing its downward trend from the pilot. I believe it was already picked up for the second season at this point, so um, I don't know if that really mattered. Um, it was written by Tucker Colley, who also wrote a bunch of Everybody Loves Raymond episodes, and was directed, to your point about the SNL feel, it was directed by Beth McCarthy Miller, who worked with Amy Poehler on SNL, and I think directed skits on SNL. So I think you could see that where that came from. Um, the barbershop where Leslie got her haircut is an actual barbershop in Burbank, California, which is <laughs> random. Um, uh, we, I'm trying to see. I couldn't find anything about improvs specific to this, but I would have to assume that most of Tom's lines, um, when he was getting oh, yeah. the feedback from when he was writing, quote unquote, typing down the, the scripts, um, were, were improv. <laughs> Yeah, it did seem. Maybe, maybe it was written in as a funny, but it seemed it, the initial one at least right. seemed because she, she was surprised in a good way. It felt like a very natural moment. Yeah, um, uh, and apparently the water when she got the water splashed in her face, I, I at least from reading about it, I get the sense that they didn't tell Amy Poehler that was going to happen, and they only. She felt like a real woman. That's just she was great, yeah. Um, and they they only took two takes of that because the director was worried that any more and Leslie would start acting like the water was about to get her hit in the face. So, um, assuming that that was that she was not told that was going to happen. Um, and then one thing I thought was interesting though was when Leslie goes to confront Janine Restrepo with the blackmail. And she, she opens with, you know, next month doesn't work for me. Let's do it on Monday. And and Restrepo actually kind of says yes. She says, okay, call my secretary, set it up. And so I'm thinking to myself, great, she's got it. But then, of course, Leslie's already, you know, she got her mom in her head. No, we're hammering. But well, it almost seemed it like Restrepo. Because that, that was the word that her mom. For sure, mom, for sure. But well, it's, did she say her or her secretary? And the secretary is the, the um, insult. Right. Which, which, and I get that, but I was also kind of thinking like it actually would make sense to me that Janine Restrepo would not make her own schedule. Like I'm right, sure so no, and so. Totally. So the and fact that she's where, and that's where I, with this episode always, I was like, she, I just, I don't want Leslie to be that dumb, right? You know what I mean? I, I wanted her to kind of. I thought it would be kind of funny. If she was like, oh, okay, Monday. <laughs> right, right. That would have been funnier. Or like, and then yeah. then said something like, "Oh, like I hope your your husband gets some help or something like that." You know, like just throws like a totally awkward like, "How do you, you know?" That would have been funnier. Yeah, which is what she said <laughs> in the first place. I, I hope you, you know, I hope you, yeah, exactly. Because like I'm when sorry. her mom brings up the dish, she's like, "Oh, yeah, you know, everyone has their problems." So what do you, so what do you think we should do? Like totally misses what her mom is saying. Like that would have been, and I think later on in the series that would have been the Leslie move. Early here, they're still kind of figuring her out. I mean, she's still very Michael Scott esque. Totally, and it's, a, and it's a, it, there was a lot of sort of slapsticky, yeah, not slap, but like the water and the, for sure. And again, um, the haircut. I mean, again, recurring jokes, and you know, yeah, when she when she's talking to Anne at Anne's house, and Andy comes out, and he's like, "What the hell?" He's like, "Oh, sorry, Leslie, I thought you were a dude." You know, what I mean, it's just the the joke that goes throughout, right? Yeah. Um, That's oh, the other thing is Anne, right? Uh-oh. I don't. I don't get her. I don't believe her character. Like I don't. And I'm, I hope they develop it more because I'm just like I don't get even what she wants in her life. Oh, interesting. She just seems like placid water to me. Yeah. You know what I mean, she's like, oh, I wish that he was didn't have his legs broken. But 
I don't, I don't, with every other character, even with Aziz Ansari's character, like, you, you get kind of his, what he wants. Right. You know what I mean? He wants to be cool. He wants to be the dude. Right. Um, without, he doesn't have to, you don't have to spend a lot of time emotionally with him. You know what I mean? But you yeah. get it. But with Anne, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. That's interesting. Where, like, you don't even have a sense of her history, her family, you yeah. know, like, is she close with any sister? Like, what's right. going on with Anne? Yeah, that's <laughs> why, true. That's yeah, a good point. Why she was with this guy? And, it's, and I want to feel badly for her more, because I want to be angry that this guy is taking advantage, but I don't even know her well enough to right. care about her well-being. Right. And so that's why I liked at the end with that real moment of friendship, because I was like, okay, I hope that we get to know Anne a little bit more. And we, I mean, we definitely do, but it is interesting. I, I'm thinking, I don't think they ever really delve into her family history, um, which I guess is kind of one of the issues of having a show where there's so many characters involved. Like, it's hard to get into the weeds on too many people. You get to, into the weeds on a few, but then not everybody. Um, but she definitely develops more later on. Um, but that is interesting. That That's true. She is very just kind of monotone just kind of in terms of a character just even just yeah, it's like why you know, why is she letting this guy she doesn't seem to be so insecure that right yeah it's just an interesting um I mean, there are lots of women who have relationships like that but sure. it, it would be nice if she just a glimmer of the psychological like how'd she end up in this spot right know, true where she's making money. Uh, one thing that was interesting that i found and i never would have picked up on this but apparently they set it up specifically so that when Mark and Tom were in the bar with the two real estate agents. The two real estate agents, also a brunette and a blonde, same as Anne and um, Leslie, and they were also set up in the same formation that they that and Mark was sitting in the banquet with Anne on his right and Leslie on his left, and they had the same setup, um, which is interesting. I did, and you know now after I read it, and I went back and watched it again and said, oh yeah, look at that. That's a nice little thing. I didn't even. Well, it totally worked. I was like, oh, he wishes that he were back. At- right. With interest, you know, you know, right. I mean, no, def- no, no insult to real estate agents, but these two particular two real estate agents, he just did not find interesting um, with the stories they were that telling. That was well done. I thought, because it, it wasn't overdone. They weren't bad people. Right. They weren't stupid. They just, it was that kind of vapid bar talk. Right. Where like oh like he was legitimately thinking they gotta have some interesting cool stories and the best they could come up with like oh i forgot the keys one time and he's thinking i mean that's just not you know it's not really interesting and then of course tom's like oh the key forgetting twins it's just wonderfully awkward so so uh, i think i know the answer to this but i will ask are you hooked (laughs) the mystery the mystery uh no this one this one this one really, like, the, the worm really is just, like, lying on the bottom of the pond. <laughs> and there were, there were some little wriggles here and there um, that made me look at it. But, <laughs> but I just think it was so heavy-handed. And, and it makes so much sense that it was directed by an SNL kind of person. Yeah. Um, it just had that, uh, yeah, b- beating the jokes over the head kind of... I like when the jokes... They come and they go. You know, like right. you just have a moment to laugh at them, and, and then you're on to the next one. Especially without um, a laugh track, those are the best because you don't. It's not set up to have that break of the laughter that's put in. It's set up to be almost like a, a drama where it's just you're on to the next scene. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I agree exactly. with that. 
Okay. Yeah, and the scenes, like, where people were real. Yeah, and I, and I definitely like Leslie at the end. In the middle, I was like, ah, who's this person? I don't know her. Yeah. Um, I did, it did make me laugh when she took her. Well, that was my favorite. It's not a line, but I love when she starts to take her hair down at the end. <laughs> and it's just like her hair pinned up when obviously it was a wig. <laughs> that made yeah. me laugh. I think my, my favorite also was not a line. It was just her face as she was explaining her mom's nickname. Like, totally. I, I yeah. can't, it was just this, she had this, her face just lit up. Like, she was so excited that that was her mom's nickname. And you're just like, wow. Just, and you can tell, I could easily see that a writer would say, hey, I don't know what's going to happen in the middle, but let's bookend it with Ron, just this awful insult that he's bestowing. And Leslie taking this insult and saying, this is the greatest name ever. Like, she's just a badass. And this is the nickname she gave her. But her face was just so, I don't know, it was fantastic. I loved it. Got me every time. <laughs> And speaking of Ron, I I wanted more from him. That speech where he yeah. just says the truth. Yeah. It didn't I was like you could have he could have been so much funnier with what truth he spoke if that's what the joke was gonna be. Yeah. And that felt like one of those SNL skits that doesn't work. You know what yeah. I mean? Where you're just like, well, that one Like I feel like they could have he could have gone up and sure. said something like, She is she's like a varnish. And then just gone on about varnish and never mention her. And at the end say, she's been in government for 30 years or something like that. But it was a weird – yeah. And even – the other thing I was thinking is I, I, I understand to a degree why he would have stood up to say stuff. And I guess I understand why Tom Haverford would because Tom wants to – but I don't know why he would have been allowed to really. You know what I mean? I feel like there would be so many bigwigs that would have wanted to get up to kiss her, her, her bum. But if right. I was those, I mean, they had to because those are the characters. But it was just kind of thinking about it. You're like, it doesn't really make sense that Tom would be up there speaking. But again, I thought it would, it would have been funnier if, it, if he if he had one of his teachable moments where he was like, "Look, I've gotten as far as I have because you always ask to speak at these. You always use right. an extended metaphor, and then you just say one piece of truth and then call it in. People think you're a genius or whatever. So it was right. a much more calculated move as opposed to just. It didn't, wasn't funny. It was and, and maybe, you know, for both of them, maybe there was that little aside to the camera that they just had to cut for time purposes. But yeah, you're right. It would have made sense that for Tom and for Ron to have a little aside just explaining, oh, there's my wife, um, just explaining why they were up there to talk about Marlene Griggs' note. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, not hooked yet, um, which is fair. It's, it's, it's. I'm, I'm at the other side of the pond. Yeah. You're swimming away. I get that. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully the next episode, which is the last episode of the first season. I had no idea the season's been yeah, so It's crazy short. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the next one, at least, um, the worm kind of wakes up and starts calling to you again to keep going with this metaphor. That's a terrible worm. That's an awful worm. With that, I bid you adieu.